Hi, this is Jean Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, my friends, to episode 50 of Jock Talk, right here on a Saturday night, the day before New Year's Eve, two, two days before uh, New Year's Day in 2024. I hope you're prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so by me, Jean-Jacques Taylor, my boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig. What's happening, dog? How them cashews taste? It's all good. It's all good today. <laughs> what a wild 20-19 to 19 Cowboys win. I've seen a lot of interesting endings in the 28 years I've been covering the Cowboys. I've never seen one quite like this. Um, it'll, be, it'll be fun to talk about. Uh, I like to always remind you guys you can follow me on Twitter at JJT Journalist. If you think you follow me, you don't. I promise you that. If you think you do, you don't because my account got deleted. I got a new Twitter at JJT Journalist. I am Jean Jacques Taylor is the handle. And uh, don't forget you can still get uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, in the Make It a Men. I spent the 2022 season with Deion. You want to know why recruits are flocking to him right now? Uh, hey, pick up my book and it'll tell you all the reasons why uh, he's so charismatic and why I think he'll ultimately win at um, Colorado. Uh, and before we get started, we do like to tell you that if you're ever involved in an accident and it's somebody else's fault, somebody else's negligence, somebody else ain't paying attention, distracted driving or whatever, pick up the phone and call 972-934-8900. That's my friends over there at Greening Law. Tell them your situation. That's all you got to do. Hey, here's what happened to me. What do you think? And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you. No cap. Great day for you. Because they will handle everything from start to finish for you. They'll tell you when to turn left and when to turn right and when to stay still. They got a flashlight. They are your ride and die team. That's what they do. Now, check this out. They don't get paid unless you get paid. So, you never have to wonder where you fit into the priority list. You're at the top. How about that? Um, so it doesn't cost anything to pick up the phone and give them a call say, hey, here's the details. Here's what happened to me. Can you help me? Because this whole thing, once you start finding somebody else's insurance company, man, it can be a long, tedious, frustrating, uh, intimidating experience. And you need somebody to rock with you. Greening Law will rock with you. That's what they do. They do, and when I say they handle everything, I mean everything. You need a doctor, they got you. They'll find one for you. You need a specialist, they got one. They'll find one for you. Whatever you need, they got one for you. Why? Two reasons. Rest and renewal. They want you to get your mind right. They want you to get your body right. That's what they want. Get your mind right. Get your body right. Get your life back. That's what they want you to do. And the way they help you do that is they take care of everything else. So give them a call, 972-934-8900, if you're involved in an accident and it's not your fault. Dog, what a game. It was a highly entertaining 20-19 game. Uh, for a minute, I was like, you know what? These Dallas Cowboys really don't want to win this game. They're doing whatever they can not to win the game. But when it's all said and done, check this out now. 
Your Dallas Cowboys keep pressure on Philadelphia. They win. If they win next week, um, if Philadelphia loses this week against Arizona, unlikely. Next week against the Giants, unlikely, but possible. Then the Cowboys win the NFC East. If uh, Philadelphia wins out, they win the NFC East. Cowboys can win the NFC East if they win out and uh, Philadelphia drops a game either to Arizona, which I don't think there's any chance of that happening, or to the Giants in New York, which I think there's a much better chance of that happening, only because uh, they've been very tight in these divisional games this year. Uh, Philadelphia has both with Washington. The game against the Giants last week was pretty tight. Obviously, both games against the Cowboys have been tight. And uh, Tyrod Taylor would start for the Giants, who at least gives you a serviceable NFL quarterback running their offense. It's in New York. And if the Giants feel like playing, and that's not a given, it's really not. But if they feel like playing that day, they're the, they could create some problems. But that being said, all the Cowboys can do is take care of their own business, go 12-5 for a third straight year, and uh, get to the playoffs. But, uh, dude, this game here was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even, at one level, I don't even know what to say about it. What, uh, what was your talk? What was your think on, on, on the win, 2019 Cowboys? Um, it, to me, it's like what you always say, stop playing with your food. Why are you throwing the ball two minutes with two minutes to go? You know, the 45 seconds that they used to score on the Cowboys on our side of the field was the 45 seconds that they gave up when they threw the ball three times inside of two minutes. That uh, we're gonna we we'll we'll dig a little bit deeper for that in a minute, but I just, in general I was just like I couldn't believe that Mike McCarthy who been running like here's what you got to understand if you go beyond the surface the the Lions had the number three run defense on first down they played a run on first down if you're gonna run on them you run on any down but first down Cowboys kept running the ball on first down didn't make no sense to me but check this out though. So you run it all night on first down when it makes no sense. Then when you should run it, you decide to pass it. I was just like, Mike McCarthy, what in the world, bro, are you doing? Because this don't make any sense. Uh, But we're going to get back to that in just a second. Uh, Dan Campbell going for it time after time after time, literally, to get just two points. What did you think of that? Man, it's like playing blackjack. You win, you, you win once. You keep the money. You win twice. You keep the money and you go home. You understand? You don't. You don't hit again. You know what I'm saying? You don't keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> you win. You win that first hand. All right. All right. It's cool. Then you playing with house money. All right. We win again. Hey, I ain't. I ain't playing three times. I know that's playing scared, but I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. You. You can't hit me three times. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Hey, he said after the third try, I'm kicking the field goal. I'm kicking. I'm kicking an extra point because we actually have a little momentum. So, well, yeah, we can go to overtime and try to win this thing. Yeah, yeah. Now it. Uh, now his explanation was this: that when they got the ball back, he told his team, "Hey, we got a minute forty-one. We finna go down this field, score a touchdown, go for two, win the thing, and go home." And uh, that's what he told his team. I guess he wanted to be a man of his word, and so uh, he kept on going for it. Uh, there was a bit of controversy on the play. Um, if you listen to Dan Campbell, uh, and this is very interesting, 
essentially they ran they were they were really kind of running with a double eligible tackle if that makes sense to you meaning they're running a formation where both tackles were eligible the way the way they had designed the play which is why it's a really good uh you know two-point play yep and which is why they felt so confident going for it the first time like we're going to score on this play. All we had to do, all you big boys had to do is catch the ball. We're going to score. You're going to be wide open. Uh, so they execute the play. Taylor Decker, a Buckeye, I might add, catches the ball. They, they got the two-point conversion. It looks like a 21-20 victory. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Got a flag. Ineligible touch because apparently Taylor Decker didn't report. Um, as you know, this happened with uh, Edoga for the Cowboys earlier in the year. Where he didn't uh, report on a touchdown, got called back, and I think the uh, Cowboys ended up losing that game. Um, so after the game, though, Dan Campbell was like, "Before the game, I went over it point by point by point." Now we're listening to the uh, post game interview, so you know I'm not asking any questions. I'm just listening, and I I couldn't discern whether he meant he went over it with his team or he went over it with the officials before the game. Like we're going to call this play if the situation calls for it. Be aware that this is play we're calling, and this is how we're going to execute it in terms of reporting. Because what he ultimately ended up saying was that uh, one tackle reported and the other one didn't, and that's why the t- that's why the two point conversion was waved off. Uh, two people, now, two people can't report. It's got to be one, and then the formation has got to be where, like, the one person is going to report, right? Right. And then the formation is going to make the guy eligible. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the ref, whoever the ref was that, you know, they called back to New York on the game, I don't remember his name. Right. But he was saying either way it was going to be a five-yard penalty because even the way they had the formation made, it was either going to be he didn't report or it's an illegal formation because the, 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 the guy wasn't eligible. Like whoever was on the other side made the formation on that side. Right. And the, and the because it could have been two tight ends over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's really a technicality that that the Lions shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, they might have been too fancy on that play. Yep. Uh, and it didn't work. Well, sometimes you line up in haste, and the guy, you know, on the, I would like to see the whole thing because somebody on the other side, it was too many, too many receivers eligible is what I'm trying to say. You don't have to report. The second guy don't have to report. He just got to make sure that. He's eligible to catch a pass in the formation. Right, right, right. Uh, well, this should be interesting. My contact just popped out, so I'm working with one now. We'll see how that goes. That's all right. Put your hand <laughs> over. Put your put your hand over one. That'll work. <laughs> no, I think it'll be all right. I drove, it, I, th- I drove twelve hours with with a with a with one contact. I just put some cardboard in the side of some shade. Dude, back when I was a kid, I walked around for about six months with one contact. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not tripping, yeah. but that thing was bothering me so much it got so dry uh, that it just popped out. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. It's all, uh, it's all good. Yeah, no, no cap. Um, so you know, but uh, you know, it, it was a very interesting game. I thought the first, I thought the Cowboys, and somebody else put this on Twitter. I don't know what you thought. At a certain level, it seemed like they were always one play away from getting a knockout and really getting control of the game. But then at the end, it was like they, do, they were doing everything they could to lose the game. Uh, it was a highly entertaining game. 
But uh, to me, if you were a Cowboys fan, it was a frustrating game because they just kept making all these little bitty mistakes that kept kept them from from executing on offense, kept them from taking control of the game. Because I thought at at one level they could have really put a beat down on Detroit if a couple plays had gone their way and they could have got the lead because they was getting pressure on Goff and Goff is the kind of guy as he did tonight he'll throw you some if you're in a position to pressure and and that's what happened. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you a hundred percent. If you're a Cowboy fan, this type of stuff ain't no fun. If you if you if you are a Cowboy fan like myself, it's like what the hell? Because the Dolphin game was a great game. If you're not a Cowboy fan, if you just if you if you're not a fan of the Cowboys, that was back and forth. It was good, just like tonight. <laughs> but that suspense be killing you because it's like what did they just do, and why are they doing stuff? So I, I don't want to get ahead of you on the schedule on the on the outline. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back up and let you go ahead because I got some things to say about matchups on defense and stuff like that, that that's really in the front of my mind. So, you go All right, well let's, uh, well, let's go with this. You know, it was an interesting game, um, and I thought that uh, – I thought one of the key junctures of the game, I mean, it was great when Dak avoids the sack. Uh, I, I thought he was gone. I thought it was a sack and it's, you down five nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, literally, yeah. dude gets a free run at him. Up the middle, there's really no place for him to go. And somehow he got out of that and then throws his off-balance perfect pass to CeeDee Lamb for a 92-yard touchdown. Hey, man, the right side of the boat is leaking, though. That's all I'm saying. The right side, that that's the same side, the turn still, is uh, remember the Seattle game where he where he where the guy had him down and Dak shrugged him off. Same yeah. thing. And I'll tell you what I thought about that play. Sometimes it's better to be What's that? better. Sometimes better to be lucky than good. Well, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Oh yeah, um, and, and that's uh, and that's what happened. And that and that's uh, you know that it worked out for him. Uh, but then you know a huge play, and I ain't breaking no news here. But C.D. Lamb, one of his rare mistakes he made. Because he really never had the ball when he, when he fumbled out of the end zone. He was trying to catch it, but he was kind of bobbling and trying to put it away and stretch it out all at the same time and fumbled it out of the end zone. But if they go up 14-3 to three there, I think Detroit feels a little panicked because the offense is kind of moving, and uh, they may throw a little bit more. And I'm telling you, the way they were pressuring tonight, Goff could have thrown three or four picks easy had he been in a situation where he was forced to throw and they were coming at him. Yeah, I thought CD was mad. I thought uh, I never get mad at a guy for trying to make a play. No. Well, you know he fumbled it out the end, but you know he was trying, like you said, he was trying to do all that stuff at the same time, and it's just unfortunate that it happened. But uh, he was trying to make a play. He was trying to get that pylon. Oh yeah, I mean I wasn't mad at CD. Um, it's as I like to say sometimes, man. Check this out. Cats are human. <laughs> you know, I mean. Dak missed a uh, missed another touch. What I thought should have been a touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks, and then uh, yep. then he threw the interception on the next play. And somebody's like, "He's got to make that throw." And you know what? He does have to make that throw. But again, man, these cats are not robots. <laughs> They're human. Now, what you can't do is you can't make too many bad throws. Yeah. You know, other, yeah. But it happens, man. And because you're a Cowboys fan. You see every every snap Dak has. You see every miss, miss throw that he has. Let me tell y'all something. 
Every good quarterback in the league misses dudes who are wide open every week. Dak is starting to play. He's starting to play like uh, I'm. I'm uh, people gonna think I'm crazy, but he's starting to remind me of Drew Brees. Drew Brees used to throw three picks, and Drew right. Brees used to throw four touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? He would get himself in it. He would get himself out of it. So right. what Dak is doing this year to me is okay. He made a bad throw. It don't mean he's gonna do it again. You right, know, right. It don't mean he ain't gonna try to do some clutch stuff. You know. Uh, it's funny how we go from Dak is the focal point to a bad offense to I ain't worried about Dak. That's going to be the least of my worries when it comes to trying to win this football game because you know he's going to try to do something to get it right. Yeah, uh, Dak finishes up 26-38, 345 yards, two TDs and a pick. It's 103.5 uh, passer rating. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, for comparison's sake, uh, 19 of 34, 271, one TD, two interceptions, 67.2 passer rating. Uh, so that gets him up, man. But, you know, between his interception, which it seemed like they was driving for points right there, and then uh, CD's fumble, you look up at halftime and the score is uh, 73. I yeah. mean, and yeah. you're just like, where are the points? Like, it, they moving the ball, feel like they should have more points than this, but they don't. And that's and then you go so they missed out on the double at the end of the first half. Uh, didn't really have a good chance, but then coming out to start the third quarter, they don't get any points. And then Detroit goes down and score, and you're like, man, they got a problem. But uh, all in all, they they managed to come back. Uh, Ceedee Lamb, as we move on to him, was just sensational. Thirteen catches, two hundred twenty-seven yards, one touchdown. Should have had two. Uh, several clutch catches on third down. Uh, he, you know, it's funny, man. I don't know if you remember this. At the start of the season, we were like, is he a true number one? I mean, I know he's the number one Cowboys receiver, but is he a legitimate number one NFL receiver? And uh, the question without any doubt right now is, hell yeah, because they're now putting him in a position where what? You know he the focal point. You know he the ball is coming his way on third and seven. And shoot, you could do about it. I remember that conversation. And it, went and it was legitimate at well, the time. It went something like this. I said, I don't think CeeDee Lamb is the number one. And then you were saying all the yards that he had in games. And what we what the conclusion I came to and what we were talking about was those a lot of those was them comeback empty yards. Not the yards that he getting now. You know, in the in the flow of the game that really means something. Because all them yards that he was getting before was like they down twenty one and they trying to get back in the game. Now it's like they they, they count for something. Two they needed two hundred and twenty seven yards to win this game. Yeah. And uh you know he's making clutch catches, man. Yes sir. Uh those third down contested catches, he had two or three of them today, especially one of them early on, was third and eleven, third and twelve. Uh he made a heck of a catch. Um he's I mean, there's I mean, the way they move him around inside, outside, they're doing what he asked them to do that they weren't doing earlier in the season. And they've continued it for the most part. Yes, he disappeared for a couple quarters last week. That was unfortunate, but in the last, um, I'm trying to figure this. I'm trying to look at this. In the last five games, he's been targeted 17, 10, 10, 10, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, 
since that game against San Francisco. He's been targeted 7, 14, 16, 14, 9, 9, and then 17, 10, 10, 10, 17. He is the focal point of the offense, and he is delivering. We talked uh, about that in earlier earlier in the week where we, we were saying they need to Cooper Cup him. That's, yeah. that's what they did today, 17 targets, 13 catches. And you can do that when your receiver is elite and your quarterback's elite. Um, but uh, CD in the midst of uh, that sensational performance today sets the franchise record uh, in 16 games for those of you who that that matters. Um, 122 catches, eclipsing uh, Michael Irvin's 116, 1651 yards, uh, eclipsing Michael's record. I can't remember what Michael had. I know he had 16. I think he had 16-11, and uh, he's up to 10 touchdowns. Uh, you know, just a just a marvelous uh, season. Uh, he's had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred yard games. Went over two hundred today. Uh, you know, just uh, just incredible, man. And you know, the interesting part of his story, and we'll never really know the answer. But you know, the Cowboys get a lot of grief as they should, as they should for trading Amari Cooper because it wasn't to me so much that you traded Amari Cooper, although Amari Cooper was a terrific player. It's you traded him for a fifth-round pick. You traded him for nothing. Uh, Amari Cooper is good enough that if you hadn't just been a jerk about it, you should have been able to get something for him. But the point is, with Amari Cooper here, he was always going to be the number one, and you don't know if C.D. would have developed into the dude that he is if Amari was still here. Um, that's kind of a butterfly effect question, but I think it's legitimate because he wouldn't be getting 17 targets with with uh, with uh, Amari Cooper here. Now maybe he'd been a better, an even better route runner and that, all those sorts of things. But you can't be the man truly when the man is still here, uh, because it's just certain things that you're always going to be secondary, even if it's a mentality because you have such respect for him. So uh, it's bad that Amari Cooper got traded for a couple of dead flies. Uh, it's not necessarily bad that he's gone. Uh, but, you know, we could go down a rabbit hole in that. Like, you know, if Michael Gallup was better, this whole receiving core would be better, but he's not. So, you know, it's, uh, you know that's, that's a good offseason question, all the things that happened with the Amari Cooper trade and the fallout, which is CD became terrific. Gallup got exposed as, just a, as kind of just a guy. And uh, it's uh, highly unlikely that he'll be here next year. But uh, CeeDee Lamb, man, he's a focal point of the offense. And uh, he's got to be because uh, Tony Pollard uh, had a rough day at the office today. Some his fault, some not his fault. I thought he was tipping a couple times, man. Did you see that? Yeah, but I thought a couple times. If it ain't nothing there, it just ain't there. I mean, a lot of times he's been hitting the hole, but – it ain't there, it ain't there. That's just the way the running game is. If they ain't opening right. no holes, why go up in there and try to, you know, hit a wall like that? Some some running backs can, some running backs don't. Um, I thought that they, they, they was inconsistent. You know, they don't. They just don't run good plays for Tony, man. I don't think so. Uh, he don't do enough pitches. The one pitch they ran, they got him killed because they was trying to set the edge with Brandon Cooks. They personnel and what they run with, don't make sense. It don't make no sense because they ran the toss play. Brandon Cooks was like the edge setter, and he just kind of walked up, pushed his guy, and Sutton came up and and just just was, 
I mean, he just knocked the hell out of Tony. And I just thought, right. well, what are they doing? Yeah, what's the point? What are y'all trying to accomplish? If you go, I mean, then because they, like you said, they ran on first down. And it was just like, what are y'all doing? What, what are we doing with that? Uh, Nothing that makes a whole lot of sense. Not at all. Uh, if you're going to be a passing team, be a passing team. Quit, quit, quit saying you want to run the ball because you ain't, you ain't really committed to that. No, but you know what's what's interesting is at halftime, and I don't know if you heard it, Lisa Salters, who's a sideline reporter, she's terrific at what she does. She says, I talked to Mike McCarthy. He said they needed more uh, more toughness, more balance in their offense, and they were going to start. They were going to try to do it by getting in with some uh, with some tough with some tough runs. And I was just like, every day, you know, I'm with you, man. Some teams are not going to let you run. And so until you get them in a situation where you can run, you don't have to fake the funk, man, because you, you ain't fooling nobody. All you're doing is creating more stress for your offense by making it second and nine and third and seven. Yep. Um, instead of, I mean, because, and I thought the Patriots were great for about this for years. Okay, you got this great run defense. Y'all give up 1.9 mm-hmm. per carry against a run. You ain't gave up a 100-yard runner in, you know, in five seasons. Okay, fine. We finna throw all these three yard passes, all these four yard yep, passes. Yep, Fifty three attempts by Tom right. Brady. Yeah, and that's yeah. gonna be our running game. Like, okay, Hell this yeah. is not designed to go deep. This is designed to pick up four yards on first down, so we can really do what we want to do. And I think the Cowboys—they've uh, done a little bit of that this year. They need to do more of that in certain situations, like because some teams simply don't allow you to run, and so it's just dumb to beat your head against a brick wall when you actually do have the personnel to do some of that other stuff. Now, I'm going to take a very quick exit ramp. I'm sick of the tight ends, dog. I'm sick of the penalties on the tight ends. I'm, 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 they've, they've gotten on my nerves, man. Uh, now, Jake Ferguson gets a bit of a pass because he'll make some plays for you. But the them mother cats, man, I am 80, sick of them. Peyton Hendershot has had an yeah. awful year. He showed a lot of promise last year. Yeah. He's been a, his performance has been trash much of this season. Just, I, I mean, just trash much of this season. Uh, his performance, very poor, uh, very inconsistent, and way more more negatives than positives on my particular ledger. Yeah, sometimes when you rotate uh, in like that, you either make the most of what you're doing or you can't find your rhythm and you just start screwing up. And then you don't be in the yeah. NFL stands for not for long for you. No, true. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And the season can't come fast enough for him. He can get a restart. Yeah. Hopefully be healthy all off season. Yeah. Uh, participate in training camp because he missed a lot of training camp. And then, uh, you know, finally find a rhythm. Because, like I said, he showed some promise last year. But he's he's been very ineffective uh, uh, this year. Um, the Cowboys defense. Interesting. They did a – I mean, we had a very brief text conversation about this. I thought their run defense uh, showed up at times. Uh, they're playing a really good run offense, so I knew they'd, they'd make some plays. Uh, can I, the, can I Marcus cor- Lawrence was can terrific. I, I was going to say, can I correct you on that? Because once they got the Marcus Lawrence and that front line showed up on the run defense. But once you get to the middle, the second level of the Cowboy, you you going someplace. you leaving. You running past them. <laughs> you know, Demarcus Lawrence and, 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 and number 11 made some good, you know, they made some good plays. I mean, some excellent plays in the run defense. 
But that was our little text between each other was I was like, you playing one average linebacker and four safeties. Yeah, but uh, I think I sent back is, you know, injuries have kind of decimated them at linebacker. They haven't really mm-hmm. fit found uh, what they want to do there. And so they literally play a style where they need to play. That's why I said, like, tonight. If they could have made it 14-3 to three and put that mental pressure on Detroit, like, damn, you know, we we gotta we gotta we need Jared to throw the ball a little bit. This might have been a forty five to twenty one game. Yeah. Because the way their pass rush was attacking today, they could have got Jared Goff. And once he started throwing off his back foot, dog, the picks would have been coming. Yeah. Um, but they could never get that separation, so they could never force them out of that game plan. And that to me is the biggest problem for them going into uh going into the playoffs. Uh, this is the scheme that they run. It's not changing. Uh, it might be a little more effective if Donovan uh, Wilson can find uh, the Donovan Wilson from last year and find a rhythm. He found it tonight. Oh, no, that's why. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> because that one play, uh, he put the lineman on his butt and yeah. made the tackle. He ran over the guard. Yeah. Yeah, ran over the guard. Put. Yeah, I mean, that's what he do when he's feeling good. Um, he's been a disappointment this year, but I I give him a bit of a pass because. Again, he missed much of training camp with an injury. He was on the pup list, I think, for the first month of the season. Yeah, his, his foot or his leg or something. Yeah, and so it's I get big. that, man. It's a, You can say, well, you should be better. It's hard to find a rhythm, man, if you miss that much time. Yep. Um, so I get that and I understand it. But, uh, you know, the defense, like, I was sitting there going, they're playing pretty good run defense because they're making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, again, I don't think he's saying enough about Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, and I talked to him about this about a month ago in terms of making plays in short yardage situations. And he said, uh, he, he told me that uh, essentially that I watch so much film that when I see what I see, I trust it and I go. And you could tell on some of those plays, he's like, yeah, this is what they finna do. And that's when he's shaking back the guard and <laughs> make the guy miss. He was phenomenal tonight, man. I, as a matter of fact, I think I put on Twitter, X, whatever we call it these days. He should be getting a game ball in the locker room. Uh, CD should have got a game ball in the locker room. And if it was me, I would have gave the only dude from Michigan I like Jordan Lewis a yep, game ball number two. In, yep. in the locker room. The smallest I mean, I defender. Uh, thank you. I don't think y'all understand, man. Real talk. Jordan Lewis is real talk about 5'8", 175. Think about that. And he might be 170, real talk. <laughs> he about 5'8", 170, 175, and he is a competitor, man. He don't back down from nobody and nothing. And that's uh, that's kind of why I always liked him, man. I think because, he had five tackles in the first quarter. Yeah, he was balling, though, dog. Yeah. Uh, he stopped. Um, what was the big play he made? He made a, a terrific open field tackle on Jameson Williams that either stopped a big game or stopped a touchdown, and then they got to turn over like a couple plays later or a punt or something. But uh, he was phenomenal today, man, just making plays. And, you know, they've tried to run him off the team in the sense of when you're a player like his size, they're always trying to find somebody to replace you. They're always trying to find a bigger, faster, stronger guy. And the reason why he's been in the league six years now or seven and the reason why he'll play another couple years or another four or five years, whether it's in Dallas or wherever it is, 
is because number one, he's tough. Uh, number two, he's smart. And number three, he has a knack for making plays. I mean, he's just a playmaker. And so if you put him now, he's going to give up some plays. But as we've discussed many times, I can live with a guy who's tough, competitive, who gives up some plays if he's going to make some too. You know, that's why you can live with Bland. Uh, I thought Bland made a good play today. Some of y'all are going to laugh when I say this. But he got beat on the big play to, to uh, Jameson Williams. And, he, and it wouldn't have been the end of the world if he's if he just like, ah, oh, this guy finna run away from me, he scored a touchdown. Because he, he won the fastest players in the league. But the fact that he did chase him down and finally get him down, that led to a field goal instead of a touchdown. All those plays matter, man. It don't seem like it at the time, but all those plays matter. He made a big tackle in the running game, too. Which one was that? I can't remember. It was on the right side, but he, he shot back, He shot up and tackled the running back. Any tackle them DBs making the running game for the Cowboys is a big one. <laughs> nah, this is, uh, this is true. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, but it was a uh, you know it was a big performance uh, from the defense most of the night, man. But then uh, at winning time, seemed like Dan Dan Campbell backed off and went into like a prevent kind of thing. And Dan Quinn, went, Dan, Dan Quinn. Quinn, not Dan Campbell, Dan Quinn, and they just went boop 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 down the field, and I was just like, dog, what are y'all doing? See, I'm learning to be patient. I'm learning yeah. to. To, to In what you, respect? I'm learning to let you lead the way because I sure wanted to get there. Yes, to, sir. To where that, uh, to where they was doing that, doing that, that soft ass defense. I mean, they got good pressure on them all night. I mean, I realize you're like, ah, I don't want to play man and get beat, but seem like you should be able to play some zone concepts or something in that situation without just playing a, what felt like a prevent. Well, where they put Micah Parsons, it looked like they was rushing three. But then I had to I had to back it up and count. That's four. But they put Michael Parsons at left end, which puts him over Panay Sewell, the best right tackle in football. Which he got no, he didn't get no headway with him. Why not flip him to the other side where he made Taylor Decker whiff a couple of times? It's yeah, just yeah, the personnel yeah, yeah. thing. If you're gonna rush four, put Mike in the best position to make a play. Yeah, because he wasn't I getting mean. nothing on 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 on, on number fifty eight. No, matter of fact, you're right. I saw 58 stand him up one time. Oh. Uh, now, he may have done it many times, but I only saw one. I was like, <laughs> yeah. ooh, yeah. you don't see that too often. Well, that's why you saw Michael jump. Michael was trying, you know, that's that's you know that's trying to get that edge. That's trying to get that get off on something. If you know you can beat somebody, you ain't jumping. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying to get that edge on somebody that's cold-blooded as you, you're jumping. So, I just thought, flip him. That's why I kept thinking, why we ain't hear from Michael Parsons? Well, put him over there with Taylor. Taylor is, is a good left tackle, but he, you know, he up in age. Michael, he couldn't handle Michael. No, no. So I just thought, man, put Dorrance Armstrong over there. Can we mention Sam Williams? I, I know there's, I know we didn't. A lot of people didn't notice what he was doing, but man, you gotta find out. That dude be punking them punt returners, man. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. It's, it's something behind it. I love to hear a whisper from the star. Could you please talk to Sam Whedon about that call? Seeing him come down there—that's that, costing people yardage. I think that's what I think. I don't know. Yeah, because I, be- you know, because uh, you, 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 you could be right or you could be wrong. Right. Meaning, right? Meaning, sometimes it can, but 
he's so big he can't break down and make any tackles in space. So, you know, if you got a two hundred and sixty pound dude hauling ass, you got to be mentally tough to say I'm catching that shit and running anyway. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And a lot of okay. times, them guys are fair catch that ball. And Sam will walk down there and hold up four fingers or something, or three fingers or something. He said, I'm, I'm probably saying, I got your ass three times. What you going to you going you gonna to return the ball or what? I'm right, going to ask him that. You what what, what fingers is You're looking down the barrel of a shotgun when you see a guy 260 pounds. I can only think of one guy. You used to have a guy named Ophius, Ophius Roy from Pittsburgh run down on the kickoff 270 pounds. Scared the hell out of everybody. I remember him. Yep. Scared the hell out of everybody. Uh, so, the Lions get the ball, man. In the first play, they go, uh, Laporta gets 10. And then it gets 25 on the next play. And I'm like, well, damn. What are y'all doing? And uh, at that point, man, I kind of figured they were going to score. Because they had moved the ball way too quickly. Um and the problem is they only had one third down. And even when they had the third down, they got 15 yards to Laporte on that one down to the Dallas 11. And then uh, the next play after the spike, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown scores, uh, gets to the corner, and then that's when the string of two-point plays started. So, you know, I think if you're a Cowboys fan, uh, you should be happy. It's hard to win in the National Football League, Okay. So don't be kicking wins in the teeth. I think, obviously, there's work to be done on this team. I mean, when you think about it, they got to figure out something to do with the run game. Uh, If it's not going to be fixed, and that's okay, if you listen to me, that's okay, then you just have to commit to, and and we've seen them do it, dog. You just got to commit to some of those four- and five-yard routes that is your run game. Or, like, okay, check this out, man. The first down runs were a struggle all day. So when they gave it to CD on that end of round to get that five, I was like, you know what? That was a good first down run play because they weren't expecting that. And, and he picked up five yards, positive play, to keep it moving. So if you got to trick up the running game like that, that's cool. We've seen him do it last week where I think uh, Cooks had nine-yard run. Uh, CD had a nine-yard run. We've seen Turpin run it. And that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Uh, but you got to be able to run the ball some. Um, you got to be able to run it. I think of Mark Ingram, Pierre Thomas on that Saints team. They wasn't no dominant runners, but they right. always ran the ball when they was ahead. They did the exact opposite of what Mike McCarthy did at the end of the damn game tonight. And that was, which was weird because normally he he understands that. And again, at that point, at that point of the game, the yards don't matter. Yep. It's well, I need you to burn this time out. And then we're going to take it all the way down, and we're going to leave the least amount of time, and then we're going to kick this field goal that we're going to kick anyway. That was just a weird set of play calling to me. I'd be interested to read the comments. And, and I hope the comment is not where we wanted to end the game because. Yeah, we wanted to, we wanted to put them away. We wanted to throw I don't want to hear deep, that. One deep ball and because, get dog, the crowd going crazy. And, that wasn't even no good deep ball because uh, your boy pulled up on the route. That was a, I thought he was going to pick it off. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you I, I wouldn't advocate throwing, but if you wanted to throw more more of a safe route that you know 99% of the time you're going to complete, 
even if they tackle us, well, okay, I can live with that. But to throw the deep ball, that's just, I mean, and I'm not even a guy who criticizes guys over clock management very often, but that's just basic, man. I mean, we do that in Madden, dog. <laughs> all, all I could think of when they was doing that BS was like, all I could think of, you was going to say, man, you can't play with your food. Why y'all playing with your food? I was like, yeah, what are you going to say? Yeah, we going to say, because especially if they go down and, 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 and they won the game. Because I was pointing right. out to my wife, I said, see that 45 second right there? That's still on the clock? Yep, that's what they could have took off if they'd have ran the ball on the other end. Yeah, they're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah, because I did the other thing. When the game was at that same point, I was like, yep, see, game would have been over by now if yep. you just done what you're supposed to do. Yeah. This this didn't require any great effort or any great thought process. Just do what you're supposed to do in that situation, man, and it's, and it's all good. But uh, they didn't do it. But they lived to fight. Another day. Thank you, uh, now, Thank you Dan Campbell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dan Campbell. Yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes, and now you got to take the bitter with the sweet, same thing, make you laugh, make you cry. The emotion that he played, that he coaches with, that his team feeds off of, you know, sometimes I think he get caught up in that too. And you can't get caught up in that. Like, how many times did they go for it on fourth down of the day? Um, and some of them kind of made sense, but, you know, again, like that fourth and five early, like maybe you need to take the points right there, man, because it's still early in the game. So, you know, it's uh, – If we all agree on it, now if the locker room is one, them guys are pretty emotional. He's a pretty emotional yeah. leader. He haven't lost the team yet. So no, if they no, all, no, no. if everybody's like, hell yeah, we wanted to win, it don't matter. Well, somebody's going to surely be asked why. You think Coach should have went for it on three times? And to a man, they probably all say, hell yeah. Yeah, I would believe that. I, th- I think they, I think they, uh, I think they rock with that. Yeah, that's all that matters then. Because I believe that that's their team mentality. Uh, it'd be interesting. And, you know, I, I I kind of get it in a way. I'm not necessarily opposed to being that's uh, okay. Let me see. I probably wouldn't be that aggressive, but I'm not yeah. opposed at all to being aggressive yeah. and trying to set the tone because I think not enough teams go for it on fourth down. They get scared. Fourth and three, fourth and two. Come on, man, run that pivot route. Go get the first down. Keep moving. <laughs> I'm talking about yeah, the three times. Also- I'm talking about going for it for two on three times. I know they would. It's the same thing, but that's just. Just to clarify, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, when you go for it, like, uh, I get the first one. Now, when they moved it back to the seven, I wouldn't have gone for it. I'd kick the field goal. I'd kick the extra point. Yeah. But they got a reprieve because your boy's outside. Yep. And then they had a good play, but uh, the throw wasn't good, and so uh, you ended up with the incompletion. But that's what happens on those plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're not perfectly executed, they're not. Uh, we spent all this time. We still haven't spent a lot of time uh, talking about Dak Prescott. Oh, your, uh, your, your, your line in the, in the outline was outstanding, you know, and I couldn't agree more. Dak yeah. is terrific. All right, then. <laughs> How about that throw he made to Brandon Cooks on third down? What a, uh, what a throw, what a catch. Um uh, I think that was the fourth quarter when they went up 17-13. Uh, uh, hit him on the sideline for about a 20-yard gain. 
It was uh, you know, Dak has made some fantastic throws, so he's in complete control. He got some, he got some good players to throw to, also. You know, depend. I mean, Brandon Cooks is like his change of direction is incredible. You know, his route running. You know, we always know him as a burner, but his route running, where he set old boy up and then broke outside in the end zone. That, that that's route running one hundred and one right there. And you just well, don't he see ended that up with five. No, he ended up with a five for 60 today. And uh, quiet as is kept, uh, Brandon Cook got seven touchdowns this year. Yeah. Now, remember, he yeah. didn't have none for like the first, it felt like he didn't have none for like the first three or four games. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. He had none after four games. Uh, then he scored two. He scored touchdown, touchdown, none, touchdown, none, touchdown, touchdown, none, none, touchdown, touchdown. So. He's uh this is Brandon Cooks we thought we'd see earlier in the year. I just think it took some time. Well he finding his he find his yeah. way around the end zone like that. You know, like the Cardinal game where they said, Oh, it was a throw you should have threw to the goal post with a bigger guy. Well guess who finding their way in the end zone? He running he running the the route he ran today where he went up in and then went back out and then he run a lot of good drag routes. You right, know what right. I'm saying? It's like man, he I didn't know he had that in him. He yeah. ain't a big dude, but Dak, Dak putting it on him. No, he's one of my dudes in the locker room because they say he's 5'10", 189. I don't know about that, dog. Well, I don't know. know about that. Because well, I look like, him in the eyes. I feel good about myself. All right. I'm, I'm all of 5'10". So, yeah. So I think he's he more about 5'8". No, he's probably about 5'9". They probably gave him an extra inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just so he could feel good about himself. Uh, and that's okay. But uh, I talk to him almost every time I'm in the locker room. Yeah. Because uh, uh, we had some really good conversations about uh, offense, passing game, and uh, yeah. just NFL philosophy on how to last. Well, I haven't seen uh, him up close. Of course, you know, you see him do highlights and stuff. But seeing him on our team, seeing him play, I didn't know he could do all that. He was more of a burner. In anything, but uh, um, well, his reputation to me was as a right. burner, somebody that's gonna stretch the defense. He do so right. much more than that. So, it's all no, they, good. F- they finally got a they finally got a rhythm for him. They finally got a feel for him. They finally got to s- figured out how to use him. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think uh, he's a guy who could bust you in the playoffs uh, when the defenses get a little better. They decide that you know CD gonna do what he do, but no, we're not fit to let him go off for two hundred. He been there. Uh, he been there. Yeah, he been on playoff team. Yeah, he been there. Been to the Super Bowl uh, too. And uh, that's why he was great early in the season when it wasn't going his way about not tripping. I'm not complaining. Because don't forget, he only caught. Uh, he didn't have more than uh, twenty two yards receiving in any of the first four games, and then he had that breakout game with thirty six yards receiving against the Chargers, but. Um, you know, just like uh, CD kind of took off, he kind of took off too after the uh, San Francisco debacle. Not with the big numbers, but just with a much more effective way to use him. Because uh, his targets haven't really increased that much, but they figured out a way for him. Like, his first five games, man, his longest completion was 17 yards. Since then, almost every game, he's getting at least one completion of 20 yards or more. Yeah, and so they like I said they found and and again don't forget they missed him for a touchdown against Buffalo and probably missed him for a touchdown again today. Yeah, they did. Um, so you know he's he's doing what what a number two guy should do. 
Well, that go and back then, to your boy. That go back to number four, though. That's just what I was saying. And then Dak is finding him. Dak is using him. And, uh, you know, Dak has always been a guy who likes to spread the ball around. But uh, he's playing really well right now. Uh, they just got to they just got to clean it up a little bit, man. They're 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 just right there, but they still just make too many mistakes. Right tackle, hey, yeah. Right uh, tackle. I mean, I don't think he's getting any better this year. Not at I, mean, all. I think I think Not it is all. what it is. Uh, he needs that year to get his knee back. Yeah. And then he'll be much more of a consistent run blocker than he is. But uh, you know, when it's all said and done, they found a way. Uh, you know, they made some plays at winning time and they found a way to get it done. And ultimately, that's what matters the most. So your Dallas Cowboys, 11-5, they head off to Washington next week. Uh, and, hey, man, um, they're going to have to play their guys. And uh, Philadelphia uh, is going to have to play their guys. I don't know if that's good or bad, just what it is. Um you know, be and you know, I fully expect them to win, and I expect them to keep the pressure on Philadelphia to win uh, these last two. And then uh, hopefully they can play a, a clean game next week and go into the playoffs uh, feeling good about themselves. Uh, whether they got to play New Orleans or whether they got to play uh, Tampa Bay, uh, it doesn't really matter. If the Cowboys play well, they'll they'll beat that team. And then don't forget, man, Detroit still got a chance to get the number two seed. Uh, which would shake up things quite a bit in terms of uh, where the Cowboys would go if they won uh, the first round of the playoffs. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, I think uh, Big Joe in the big rig and I are taking it to the house. <laughs> That's it. That's all, dog. We done. Yeah, because I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, yeah you, said, you, you said you had about 45 minutes. That, you went over, I'm, you know, we about 50. We we about, well, f- we about what, 10 seconds away from 50 minutes, so it's uh, all good. Well, I'm going to give you what I got. So I gave you what I had. So yeah, remember, you yeah. can find me on you, Twitter at uh, JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor. Uh, we always appreciate uh, Greening Lob, which makes this possible. Our friends at Smokey John's Barbecue, uh, they sponsor Todd Archer. Every Wednesday, Clarence D. Hill Jr. Every Friday. Did you see the picture I sent you, man? Somebody else got a jam session bowl and talked about you. They thought about you when they ordered it, man. Yeah, you're becoming, yeah. the, you're becoming the cult figure, man. Yeah, I'm about to opt out of that because me and my auntie going to go get my own damn bowl. No, no, no. That, that, yeah, she man. She texted me today and said, let's go, let's go, let's go get our <laughs> own bowl. Huh? <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, what well, I do just say, I'm, I'm Big Joe. Let me get that jam session bowl. There you go. That's, nope. <laughs> that might be how you get it done. Uh, we'll talk further about that. But uh, until we chat again, uh, for Big Joe and the Big Rig, you guys be blessed.